You had the chance to love her, but apparently you don't. No, you don't. So even if I could, would it go back where we started? And you've joined us for Stage Door. We have a fantastic hour for you, talking all things theatre, film and arts, including... Lifting the curtain, giving you the inside track on what to see. There's our pick of the week, your ring-in request, and a chance to win if you can name that show. And we've got the quick quiz, another hot pick out of the vault, and make sure you catch our spotlight interview with Tom Sims. That's all before midday here on Stage Door, sponsored by Jam Theatre Company Marlowe. We're live across the Thames Valley, this is River Radio. Yeah. Well, it's election day. Election day. Have you voted? Um, <laughs> election day for what, Roddy? Uh, local, local elections, mayoral elections, all of that. You are entitled to vote. I mean, you've been here about 25 years, haven't you? 30? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it when I go home. What, even here? It's not in every... It, it varies, so no, yeah, I don't know whether it... It'll be different pockets of the Thames Valley, okay. but maybe not right where you live. No, I don't think it is, because I'm pretty on it, usually. Okay, speaking yeah. of being on it, did you go to the Met Gala? Um, in a fabulous did not, gown? Did you not see me? <laughs> <laughs> what would you take? What would you wear? Oh, oh uh, um, I don't know, but I saw some of them and they were pretty shocking. Yeah. And of course there's a theme, right? There's yeah. always a theme. And I don't know how accurate people are with that thing. Were they not meeting the brief as no, far as No, Billie Eilish concerned? apparently nailed it. Yes. Um, Did but, you see Ryan Reynolds watching his, I don't know his girlfriend's name, but looking ador- oh, adoringly Lively. at her. Yeah. <laughs> just because she looked incredible. Oh, I can gorgeous. see you in a sort of um, almost neon-y, pinky, okay. blue-y... Is that to go with my hair? Sort of astral effect. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Matches the hair at the minute. maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Iridescent, that's the word I wanted. Is yeah, it? Perfect. Okay, yeah, nice. I had a little toy car that was iridescent when I was little, and I think obviously that's, it's that it's we're gorgeous. channeling. It's yeah. quite unicorn-y, isn't it? I went to see Cabaret last night. Okay. Have you seen it? No. I was disappointed. Okay. I was going, I think possibly because in my head I'd ratcheted up expectations. Um, And, of course, the guys who've taken over six, seven weeks ago are going to have big boots to fill. Absolutely. Because if you're not Amari Douglas and if you're not Eddie Redmayne and you're not Jesse Buckley, then, of course, the audience is slightly going... I can sense that some people who don't really read, uh, you know, press releases or or listen to Stage Door wouldn't have known (laughs) that there'd been a cast change. So there was a slight innate sense of disappointment that they didn't inflate to fill that. And of course, also the tricky thing of them having to copy what was, what's been set because that's now the production. Yes, exactly. And so in some cases, I think that was where it fell down. The music's great. You should go for the, the arrangements are lovely. Right. The band are great. Fantastic. The entry into the theatre is probably. And that's what Ryan said. You said said Ryan said the beginning was the the best best bit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, they're, they're picking up on notes from things like Alice that we've talked about the immersive Alice in Wonderland okay. idea. It, 
it, they try and immerse you on arrival. Oh, um, and right. also, from a geeky point of view, you're entering through stage door, which is great fun. Uh, I mean, it doesn't say that, but yeah. I know you're going through the fire exit of stage door. In fact, at one point, I peeked through a curtain and saw, today's stage door operative is such and such. Sure. So it literally is the stage door. So yeah. it's great entry. Oh, nice. The atmosphere is beautiful. And then the opening number is all... Um, nips and teeth, but just no real oomph, no okay. dirt, no grunge. And I'm going to lay, to some extent, the blame for an over-preponderance or an over-focus in the West End on the quality of the vocal and not on any of the acting. The fact oh, that you go right. through dance first, then singing, and maybe oh, they do acting at the end. This is a musical, the- and so many do, that need it needs acting. Yes. You can sell sex in cabaret yeah. without opening your legs wide. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> some of the big sort of dance moves, oh, yeah, all right, but it's a bit on the nose. Sure. It's a bit lazy and it hasn't okay. got anywhere to go. Whereas if you've got a glint in the eye, yeah. you could miss a couple of notes but still feel and it with that gut punch. And not have anything major happening. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do think that's a, you've brought up a really good point that the audition process is often in a very weird order, yeah, isn't it? Mm. Um, and, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, every single one of those things need, need the acting ability. Yeah. Every discipline. And it's getting sidelined, I yeah. think, in a in, uh, place of something a bit showier. Sure. So, yeah, I was a bit disappointed. Um, but, look, it looks fabulous. Mm-hmm. The costume design is great. There's a lovely little thing going on thematically with the costumes, which I won't spoil by saying it. Um, obviously, the tunes are brilliant. You know every yeah. second song, you know. It's a really good production. It's a really high-quality production. Good. Um, Just that your expectation was a tiny yeah, bit higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I realise I'm a difficult person to please. Oh, yes. Yeah, you yeah. know. We're, <laughs> we're harsh critics. Name that show. Now, I actually could have just given you the first you two could. chords. Yeah, yeah. Just do the first two chords oh, and, okay. and then cut it off. Okay, right, here we go. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> that is enough, but I'm trying to be generous. I feel know? like you're testing me because you've mentioned this song and this show several times. In fact, I did inadvertently a few weeks ago on Stage Talk. I, I think this song is, is very iconic. But I think I've done a really good job waiting for a whole year to play it on our programme. How patient. Look yeah. at you. Such restraint. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Now, this is called Name That Show. If you can uh, recognise those few chords on the viewer there, um, please email in jojo at river.radio and tell me what the show is that that song comes from. Yep, you might know the name of the song, but what does it come from? Do you want those first two chords again? Uh, give, maybe four. <laughs> okay. Give me four. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It repeats anyway. Now, I have a leaderboard. Um, If you can guess on the first... first hearing and first example you get mega gold stars and you go in column one we're going to play another two clips um a bit later on different clips from that song to give you a few more hints um and you can go in my second column or third column if that's when you get it but there's a huge prize at the end of all of this i don't know when the end is exactly but <laughs> well none um, of us do darling <laughs> <laughs> but there are tickets uh, to a show if you can ring in or sorry email in joe jo at river.radio and tell me what you think it is it's a bit like an olympic podium type affair you no, there's three chances during the course of the hour. Gold, silver, bronze. Joe's got all the different coloured stars. I do. <laughs> In my glittery folder. Sorry. 
So this is Lifting the Curtain, where we poke around, look through the listings nationally, locally, digitally, as well as discussing some of this week's hot gossip. And I think we should start with... Cinderella. Cinderella. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Andrew, Andrew. I mean, Andrew Lloyd Webber features in our gossipy news segment every few weeks, to the point where I wonder whether it's a deliberate PR move. Oh, it has crossed my mind. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Go on then, what's happened? Okay, well, the um, cast were doing a matinee. (laughs) As they do. Living the best life. and Doing their job. Absolutely. And came off uh, stage to find out via social media that the show was closing and they were all sacked. And the next cast coming in didn't have a job. Heartbreaking. Yeah. I think to find out, you know, to have hoped, I saw somebody post this, that to have built up those hopes, you'll have signed an NDA, non-disclosure agreement, you won't have been able to tell your own mother I know. that you're about to get a lead in the West End. And then it gets taken away from you, not by even your agent being able to on a bank holiday weekend, on the Sunday of a bank holiday weekend. Rug, uh, or whatever they're called these days, is really useful group, have tried to address the timeline of the way that the cast were told, saying that, you know, they tried to contact everybody as oh, quickly as they could, but they needed to respond to the growing social media storm. I the just social, think you want... The social media storm only comes from them. Yeah. So so they could have done nothing and actually been respectful to the people that is making yeah, their yeah. money at the end of the day. So cruel. Even, uh, even um, what's the lead called? The sister of that... Um, oh, guy Carrie Hope a, Fletcher. Yeah, Carrie, even Carrie Hope Fletcher posted very clearly making, you know, with a heart, broken heart saying that this is not how people should be told. So She if, did. If the lead in the show, if Cinderella says this ain't up to muster, then uh, Andrew hasn't really got a leg to stand on. No, and, and it's just, as you said, it's, it's so disappointing for the people who, you know, have worked really, really hard to get into the next yeah. cast. And Me. then to promote Broadway. As well. Yeah. And, you know... Straight off the back of his same tweet. Yes. Sorry, West End. Really excited about Broadway. I know. When you've got that much money, of course you can put something on in Broadway. His shows hold spaces that other shows can't get into because he's got money. It's just... Exactly. Entitlement and privilege, and it's very frustrating. Very frustrating. And I just... Guys, everybody who's there, obviously I've got some friends in the cast as well. Mm. You know, really, really sorry and gutted for it, but well done for being so super amazing and talented. I mean, they did have a um, protest Yeah, I saw well. that. I was going to say, well done for pushing back, because actually, yeah. I can see conditions just going down the toilet. Post-pandemic, producers are clinging on to the little things they snuck through equity during lockdown to try and say, well, look, you know, we can only do this, but uh, that's the only way we can put the show on now, and they're oh, holding on, on to those, despite the fact come that on. ticket revenues are going up, because look at the ticket prices on some of these things, like at the Kit Kat Club, <laughs> Kit Kat Club last night. <laughs> yeah. Tickets, as you know, two Two, three hundred quid, don't tell me you can't afford to pay people or be respectful and give them notice. For me, it's about the respect. Yeah. You know, these people aren't rich any other way than the fact that people are doing their shows. And then somebody will go, oh, no, but they earn a lot of money actually being in the West End. Yet they do, but they might have spent ten years in all kinds of manner of different establishments, teaching, hustling. Student debt from just being trained. Yeah. This is the one time they've hit it and it's just been ripped away from them. Did you see Summer Strallen's article about it? Uh, I saw a comment from her. Oh, yeah. yeah, She went nuclear. Good on her. Um, Which, again, given she's from a famous family, (laughs) is really kind to stand in solidarity with those poor people. No, absolutely. Absolutely. In exciting news and better better news, did you see, we missed this a couple of weeks ago, that Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck have announced announced they've got engaged. No. 19, 19 years after they called off their wedding, They've announced they're going to get. Uh, they've announced they're engaged. Aww. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. Well done, guys. Finally That's got nice, there. Bring it in. Bring it in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, golly, they've both been through a lot, haven't they? Yeah. 
um, nearly more marriages than me. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I just wanted to um, mention that any moment now, <laughs> the Sondheim uh, uh, Friends yes. concert has happened. Yeah. yeah? Um, and so it was Sondheim, Old Friends, um, and it just – Looks incredible. I've seen a few videos from it. I mean, they had Michael Ball, Helena Bonham Carter, Rob Bryden, Petula Clark, Rosalie Craig, Jenny D, Judy Dench, Daniel Evans. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Not Roddy Peters, curiously. Uh, mistake, but never mind. No. <laughs> uh, but every major person you can think of. Um, yeah. It was just, uh, you know, just incredible. So um, looking forward to seeing. I'm really hoping there's going to be like a... Um, You're going to say DVD, aren't you? I was going to say that. <laughs> Do they exist anymore? <laughs> Maybe we'll have to subscribe, like our channel on YouTube. That's it. But Matthew Bourne and Maria Freedom staged the show, um, and it was choreographed by Stephen Muir and musical supervision by Stephen Brooker. Um, you know, 26-piece orchestra, uh, even Cameron McIntosh got up and sang along with the crowd. So that's saying something, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds like that was great. Something else I've heard was great is Oklahoma. Oh, what, at yes. The Young Vic. A composer friend of mine, yeah. Jason Carr, who um, wrote the music to the brilliant Christmas Carol I did in Birmingham all those years ago, posted yeah. on Facebook during the interval, get tickets. Okay. Um, this is, it's only on till the 25th of June. It won a Tony for yeah. Revival in New York. It's uh, oh. directed by Daniel Fish, Oklahoma. It's a musical that I like. Yep. Um, but if this is a, like... Um, a I was fresh. Say, yes, a uh, really smoking hot. Let's do that okay. whilst it's before the watershed. Right, <laughs> Live okay. on air on DAB. Um, it's a really smoking hot production, and I'm well up for going to of see it. Of course you are, Roddy. Oklahoma at the Young Vic <laughs> on the cut in London. So uh, just a little train ride into Waterloo for many of us in the Thames Valley. Oh, yeah. Um, speaking about um, hot stuff. Oh, yeah. Lock and pass <laughs> Um, go on, keep going. Hot stuff, baby, I've seen Okay. I've started, so now, I've finished. Now, if the singing wasn't enough for you, you should have seen the moves that oh, went with yeah. that. A little bit of a shoulder wiggle. Yeah, yeah. back to the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just going to mention this because it comes off the back of what you're saying. Um, tomorrow night and Saturday, um, The Bloody Chamber, uh, it's a 15-plus show, um, is at Northern Farm, and it's oh, a right. bit similar to you know what you're talking about in a way. Um <laughs> Uh, it's a dark, heady, and surprisingly funny retelling of Angela Carter's famous um, twisted fairy tales. Oh. Uh, so, you know, you've got um, it's a moment when women and men, the country, confront the double standard of safety, sex, and the fears of, um, you know, going bump in the night, so to speak. Um, the director, Mary Swan, uses circus and um, particular vocabulary to translate the fantastical lyrical fever dream style of a macabre tales of the stage. So that could be really interesting. It's uh, by award-winning Proteus Theatre. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's for 15+, plus, obviously, because of the content of it. But that's at the Northern Farm tomorrow night and Saturday night. Feels quite timely after that Samsung advert that they had to pull of the young woman going running at 2am in the morning. Oh. Uh, it showed her dialing up her watch and going running. It was like, the, it isn't safe for women sure. to go running at 2am in the morning. But yeah, it, sounds, it should be. Sounds, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, don't I know it. Right. <laughs> Something else exciting that I've seen, a poster for okay. at Maidenhead Station. What? Monster Jam. Now, this isn't technically theatre, but okay. except it is. Because it's got that WWF wrestling flavour of, um, I never know if I'm talking about the World Wildlife Fund or, but you know the, the wrestling yeah, yeah, one yeah. where it's entirely staged and everyone's acting their yeah. way through it. Um, it's Monster Trucks at the London Stadium. I've never heard of the London Stadium. It's, no. It's in the Olympic Park, so it's but whatever they call it. I now. have seen... This event. Have you? Yeah. Uh, many, many years ago when uh, Finn was younger. 
Oh. We went and saw a monster jam. Did you? Trucks that drive over each other. Yeah, well and, up for that. Yeah. It's not, been, it's not been on in London for years. I didn't think it's, it's certainly not been at this stadium before. This stadium seats 50,000 people. Wow. Which is Where? why it's one night only. It's in the Olympic Park, Queen Elizabeth Park. It's oh, on right. the uh, 18th of June. Uh, so rev up your engines. Um, it's the first time they're in London. It's their 30th anniversary. It's an adrenaline-charged event for the mm. whole family. So if you're looking for something to do early summer... 18th of June, world-class athletes locked in intense competitions of speed and skill. Um, yeah, apparently there's heated rivalries, which is what made me think of WWF. High-flying stunts and fierce head-to-head battles in 12,000-pound monster trucks. So if you want to go see some massive cars with huge wheels... And as you said, it is theatre. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. And if you're busy and if you're busy having a competition with your family or an argument about whether there's more wheels or doors in the world, go and show them some massive <laughs> wheels. That'll clinch that argument. Oh, let's have a song, buddy. (laughs) Good idea. North Carolina girl She blows in on the ocean breeze All salt air and cigarettes Freckled and She dances along the beach Drinking deep from her Jameson Deceptively delicate Strange as the sea We stroll through the sand Right where the sea meets land The waves roll in as the current shift And I think maybe I should let go Just a city boy On erotic anxieties The world and its gravity Pulling me down mm-hmm. But caught in her undertow Falling under so soft and slow I sink deep into nothingness Happy to drown Staring up hand in hand The stars float by and the currents shift And I think maybe I can let go and drift This carefree girl is drawing me in like the moon With a smile so wide So I think what the hell Might as well dive in and rule Starts to rise I look into her eyes And deep inside me The current shift For one time in my life I let go and drift We kiss in the sand Perfect and so unplanned And deep inside me The current shift For one time in my life And that's the beautiful song Drift from Out of Their Heads from uh, Kerrigan and Loudermilk. Is that an album then? It is an album of uh, amazing songs. They are very, very great composers of musical theatre. Oh, nice. Really cool. 
Well, I'm always learning, and you're listening to Stage Door, sponsored by Jam Theatre Company Marlowe on River Radio. You can listen on our website, river.radio, on our mobile app for Apple and Android, search for River Radio Live. You can tell Alexa, play River Radio, and we're live right here, right now, on DAP. We sure are. Now, did you know, Roddy, that there is the European premiere of the musical, are you ready for this title? Yeast Nation. <laughs> no, the, I didn't. The Triumph of Life. In, in, in fact, this little number, yeah. It is. <laughs> exactly. And it's coming to the Southwark Playhouse. Now, this is from the guys who did uh, the Tony Award winning writers of Urinetown. Ah, about, I mean, they joke about the title of Urinetown being rubbish during the show. I wonder if they repeat that. I'm sure they probably will. <laughs> I'm sure they probably will. Uh, so, Yeast Nation, The Triumph of Life, was written and composed by Tony and Obie Award winning writers. Greg Cotus and Mark Holman. And this debut London production is directed by Benj, yeah, Benji Sparing. So that's going to be fun. That's at the Southwark Playhouse. We'll find out more about it and uh, we will, um, yeah, tell you more about this uh, black comedy. It's not coming until uh, July, August, but we will fill you in. Yeah. Now, there's something that I've been dying to talk about for weeks and it keeps slipping down my list. Right, go on. But that is a play coming to the Royal Court called That Is Not Who I Am. Heard of it? No. Well, it's on from the 16th of June to the 16th of July. Okay. And it's a premiere from a writer called Dave Davidson. Mm. I don't know if you know Dave Davidson's work. Well, no, it's his first play, and it's being put on as a premiere at the Royal Court. Uh, and his first play. It's his first ever play. Yeah. He's worked in the security industry for the last 38 yeah, years. Yeah, that happens with every potential yeah. play, right, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, apparently it's described as a slippery new thriller in which nothing is as it seems and nobody is who they are. And you think, OK, well, you know, the Royal Court, the sort of breeding ground of great new British writing, or one of many, and uh, you think, well, mate, you know, some, some of it's a bit hit and miss. Dennis Kelly described Davidson as quite simply the best playwright that this country has never produced. His <gasps> voice genuinely has the capacity to change everything. And you go, wow. Okay, maybe if this Dennis is Kelly be good. saying that. Yeah. <laughs> Simon Stevens, who's apparently bumped into him at various workshops for years, said he's always shown striking potential, but the force and brilliance of this play has astonished me. Oh, wow. Uh, so there, there are no photos of Davidson provided by the Royal Court, <laughs> uh, who's apparently highly security conscious. Yeah, you <laughs> would imagine if he's been in the security industry for the last 38 years. But how exciting. From absolutely nowhere, the sort of Banksy of British playwriting, uh, Dave Davidson, a new playwright, his premiere of That Is Not Who I Am is at the Royal Court on the 16th of June for a month. Ooh, let's go. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. It, doesn't it? Yeah. When, when, yeah, he's given that much accolade. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. go, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, kudos to you, props. Yeah. What's going on? Um, well, I, I might tell you a bit of local yeah, oh, yes, stuff. Yes, please. That's yeah. all right, yeah. So, um, Wickham Swan, this weekend... Uh, it's a Rocky Horror Picture Show, which yeah. we've mentioned uh, last week as well. So this weekend, if you're thinking, what am I going to do? You know, I don't know what I'm going to do this weekend. That's an option for you. So uh, Wickham Swan. Uh, on Monday the 9th, Ballet Boys. Now, they are so inspirational. If you have a son who likes to dance um, and might maybe feel mm. it's not something to do, I tell you what, you go and uh, take him to this and you will see the most incredible... Um, Male dancers, yeah, um, you know, possible. That's it. Uh, the Wickham Swan Ballet Boys Monday night, and of course, the big thing coming to the Wickham Swan on the seventeenth to the twenty-first of May is the curious incident of the dog in the night time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a definite must. If you have not read the book, and if you have not um, had that chance, go see the show. It is inspiring and. Um, 
educational at the same time. You know, the title of Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime comes from a Sherlock Holmes short story. I've always wanted to take that full circle and write an episode for the BBC's Sherlock, where, because it's set modern day, that they pull into London on a train, just because there's trains all the way through Sherlock. I thought it would look really cool if they pull into a station. And a huge illuminated poster of the Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime could be the thing that triggers Sherlock to clock the answer to the mystery. I like that. I thought it would be a nice little full circle. I like that. Um, Windsor Theatre Royal, just in case anyone wants to know what's going on there, they've got loads of tribute bands. So if you are into tribute bands, pretty much they've got everyone going (laughs) for the next few months. So so check out that. Um, The Beck Theatre in uh, Hayes. Now, I really like this. They do film as well as theatre. And on Monday the 16th of May, uh, they have the film On the Town, you know, Gene Kelly, Frank Sinatra, uh, Betty Garrett, and it's a dementia-friendly performance. Oh. 11 o'clock, really cheap to go. Oh, yeah, good time to go as well. Yeah, and I thought that was really, really lovely. So thank you, Beck Theatre, for putting dementia-friendly productions um, on there. Also at the Beck Theatre, which I, you know, highly recommend, is um, Rod Gilbert. Ah, the Book of John is is what it's called, and nice. it is. I went and saw him at the Wickham Swan. They've had added, uh, you know, shows to his tour, and it, I cannot tell you, it is absolutely brilliant. Laughed so much, so cleverly written, really, um, and it's all true. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the nineteenth of May at the Beck Theatre, Rod Gilbert. Please go and see it. it. Honestly, if you want a good laugh, that's the one to go and see. Oh, very nice. Right, time for our pick of the week. It is. As you, as you, I've, we've got a little snack here. We've got a picnic on the go. I've got some, uh, I've got some grapes. You've got an almond croissant. Yeah, just because you're going healthy this week. <laughs> uh, now, the thing that I've got is Jitney at the Old Vic. Oh, what's that? Uh, now, I say that because at the moment, um, it is, you can get some, I'm not allowed to tell you how much the tickets are, but some seriously reduced price tickets. Uh, so go to the website. Uh-huh. Uh, the Old Vic's uh, website's having a little bit of a little bit of a wobble this morning, but um, PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers, have a sponsored season where they're able to subsidise the cost of some of the tickets. So from the 9th to the 17th of June, uh, they're just those 10 days of previews, uh, there it's, you've got Jitney. Reduced price tickets to Jitney. It's eight men in a racially segregated post-Vietnam America. Ooh. So at the minute, just quickly, at the minute at the Old Vic, there's the 47th, which is a new Mike Bartlett play mm-hmm. about Trump starring Bertie Carvel. Yes, so yes, that's on to, yeah. that's on to the 28th of May. So if you've not seen that yet, um, apparently it's a, uh, a play that probably will do better with a few more years, just sort of perspective and time to soak it up. Um, but obviously, Rupert Gould, who directed King Charles III in the West okay, End, yep. and Mike Bartlett have reunited for this Great. viciously funny glimpse yeah. about Trump, and Bertie Carvel's going to be amazing. So of that's course. on now, yep. but coming straight after it is Jitney, um, which is set in a racially segregated post-Vietnam America, as I said. It's about Jim Becker and his unlicensed drivers who take the people of Pittsburgh Hill District where regular taxi cabs won't. Mm. Healing old wounds and tearing new ones. I quite like that. As they pass the time in a condemned taxi rank. Well, it's directed by Tinica Craig and following an acclaimed run at Leeds Playhouse, 
this is August Wilson's groundbreaking modern classic on stage at the Old Vic. It actually runs to the 9th of July, but if you go on their website from the 9th to the 17th of June, there are some seriously good value tickets. And that's what we like to hear, isn't it? Yeah. Now listen, and digital, um, there's the Red Bull Theatre off-Broadway is streaming their 2019 production, Macbeth, ah, on demand. Yes, I forgot to mention this. Very yes, good. Yes, May 16th and the 29th. Now it says all-female, seven women yeah, and schoolgirls. Yeah, seven girls. women playing schoolgirls. So it's an all-female production. It popped up on my things you might like to see. It They've deliberately put a space in Mac and Beth because it's an all-female production, uh-huh. which I really like. Nice. And um, because it's streaming, I thought, for particularly for parents who are listening into Stage Door um, and are conscious that they've got kids revising for GCSEs, yeah. if they need to have seen a production of Macbeth, mm. and they haven't, or they want something to compare it to yeah. if they're doing theatre studies, drama, English, whatever, um, even just getting to the text to watch it, it's better watched than listened to or just read at school. Yeah, so, and, um, and where can we see that? Uh, it's on Red Bull Theatre off-Broadway. It's on their website. On so their website. their website, you can pay to stream it. In daylights, in sunsets, in midnights, in cups of coffee. <laughs> Did you pick that coffee reference of on purpose? Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was literally about to, to say who the composer was and say he must, <laughs> he or she must have liked coffee. Oh, yeah. But anyway, um, do you know that? Do you recognise it? What is it? Um, if you're into theatre, you knew it from the first word. Um, it's an amazing song, but what show does it come from? This segment's called Name That Show. That's the second clip. Email me, joe, J-O, at river.radio, and tell me what the show is, and you're up for a major prize. I worried when you went, who, who is it? What's what's the show? And um, Who's singing? I was like, oh, no, she's asking me. She's asking me. I can't actually remember. Uh, I'm sure I'll have worked it out by the end of the hour. You better. <laughs> in daylights, in sunsets, in midnights, in cups, of coffee. Ah, right, Beautiful. Well, the phone is ringing. Oh. Time for our ring-in request. I uh, wonder who. <laughs> I think it's a long-distance phone call. Hello. It is. Hi, Joe and Roddy. This is Reggie here. I'm calling from Australia. Hello. We really enjoy your show each week. Could I make a request, please, for you to play Oh, What a Beautiful Morning from Rodgers and Hammerstein's Oklahoma? Thank you indeed. Well, Reggie, that's not a problem. And we just spoke about Oklahoma this morning as well. Yeah. So from the other end of the earth, thank you, Reggie and Mona, for listening in every single week. And here is your ring-in request. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. The corn is as high as an elephant's eye. And it looks like it's climbing clear up to the sky Oh, what a beautiful morning Oh, what a beautiful day I got a beautiful feeling Everything's going my way All the cattle are standing like statues All the cattle are standing like statues They don't turn their heads as they see me ride by But a little brown maverick is winking her eye Oh, what a beautiful morning Oh, what a beautiful morning 
Cloudy here, but the weather has heard, and oh, now nice. it looks like a beautiful day. Years ago, I did a concert for a whole load of servicemen who trained in Oklahoma. Oh, wow. uh, they used to convene in Stratford-on-Avon, and a very good friend of mine, Wilson Roberts, used to host a concert for them. And we sang songs from Oklahoma. And we oh. always ended, obviously, with oh, Oklahoma. It's such a lovely time. But these boys had such great stories. Yeah. Sadly, that event doesn't happen anymore because there aren't a critical mass of them that are still around to make the event worthwhile. But it was. Mm. The twinkle in their eye, the sort of glint as they recall, recalled, you know, their times training yeah. in the uh, lovely, lovely Oklahoma. Well, that was a request from Reggie over in Australia. Now, listen, if you'd like to ring in your request, all you have to do is email Roddy at River.Radio or Joe at River.Radio. Tell us that you want to ring in and we'll get that sorted. We've still got loads to come, including our spotlight interview with Tom Sims. But now it's the quick quiz. <laughs> So, with a sense of trepidation and anxiety, it's apparently the quick quiz, which means Joe's going to fire five questions at me, and with your help, Roddy at River Radio, I might get more than what did I get last time? Three out of ten, or something ridiculous. Uh, no, I think it was a little bit better. <laughs> but we're on a bit of a theme. So last week it, it was wicked, wicked or, or waitress. That's it. And so it's song titles, and you have to guess which one it is. This week it's hair or hairspray. <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, I really ought to look at these. Okay. Uh, it's just a bit of fun, Roddy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And somebody at home who's a complete theatre nerd's going, yep, 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 got it, got it, got it. Okay, so I'm going to give you ten song titles. You need to tell me if it's from Hair or Hairspray. Okay. Roughly around the same era as, as far as the setting, so that's quite interesting. Anyway, song number one, Good Morning Starshine. Oh. Good morning, star. I shine. No, I'm not. I'm just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you're trying to do. Okay, yeah. Okay, number two, electric blues. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, go on. Big, blonde, and beautiful. Uh, okay, yeah. I got life. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Welcome to the sixties. <sighs> Could be either. That's right. I have no idea. Yeah. Mama, I'm a big girl now. Okay, yeah. Donna? <laughs> Is that really like one of the lead characters' names in one of them and I really should know? It was not Mamma Mia, is it? Go on. <laughs> uh, without Love? Uh, yeah. 
White Boys. Yeah. And Cooties. Okay. I've got a, a str- I'm quite confident on about four of those. Okay. And the other six, I have absolutely right. no idea. So for all of our friends at home, listen, uh, I'm going to run through the ten song titles again. Is it Hair or Hairspray? So we have Good Morning Starshine, Electric Blues, Big Blonde and Beautiful, I Got Life, Welcome to the 60s, Mama, I'm a Big Girl Now, Donna, Without Love, White Boys, and finally, Cooties. So it's Roddy at River.Radio, if you could help me out, please. Uh, I mean, I've got, um, I've got a cloudy day in my heart, but maybe you can oh. brighten it up. <laughs> Here we go. One fine day, you'll look at me. Tune from Beautiful, the Carol Cole, uh, Carol Cole, Carol King musical. Right, time's up. Okay, what do you think? I reckon I'm going to do very badly. What do you think? <laughs> Did you get lots of emails? Uh, no. No? No, 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 no. I've been hung out to dry. Everyone else is scratching their heads like me, I think. Oh, okay. And look, I've done so much scratching, all my hair's fallen out. So look what you've done to me. Oh, you got a nice T-shirt on. 
Thanks. <laughs> You're biased. You bought it for me. Uh, anyway, so here we go. It's 10 titles. Is yep. it from Hair or Hairspray? Mm-hmm. So the first one was Good Morning Starshine. Now, I think given it's not Good Morning Baltimore, you were playing a trick on me and it's hair. It's correct. Oh, good okay. job. Uh, number two, Electric Blues. Um, I'm going to stick hair. Yes. Well done. Big, blonde and beautiful. I'm going uh, hairspray. Correct. Oh. Doing well. Okay, well, these are the ones I thought I could get. Okay, I got life. I got life. Hair? Yes. Welcome to the 60s. No idea. Could be either I'm going to go hairspray. Correct. Yeah. Doing so well. Mama, I'm a <laughs> yeah, big yeah, girl oh, now. cheers. Jinx it. Hairspray? Yes. Donna? Oh, God. I don't know. Donna, is Donna in hair? Yes. <laughs> what is happening? Okay, last week I winged it and got three out of ten. This week I'm on seven already. Uh, without love, I don't know. Um, hairspray. Yes, <laughs> I don't know Are what's you just going on. Yes, here. anyway. No. Two. Okay, two left. White boys. Hairspray. No. Oh, really? Yeah, that was from hair. That was put in deliberately. Oh, uh, okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And finally, cooties. A hairspray. Correct. Nine out of ten. That I is mean, awesome. come on. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> that's awesome. What well are you? Oh. Normally, yeah. normally that's an absolute catastrophe. I know you did so well. You a know disaster. more than you realise. Yeah. Who knew? I've never seen either. <laughs> um, I would like to. I do want to watch Hairspray. I've seen bits of it, but I've never watched it right the way through. I did have somebody sort of say after last week when it was evident that you have not watched Greece. Yeah. Absolutely shocked. Oh, really? By the fact that, you know, that information. So. Well, I think it was because my teachers at school said it wasn't great, like as in some of what it's um, putting forward. And I think it's romanticised by a generation that couldn't, that saw through that. Yeah. And then it comes across as quite shocking and predatory now. But anyway, uh, I will watch it. At, I will watch it at some point <laughs> following my 2am aborted attempt in Australia a few years ago. <laughs> right, into the vault we go. All right, let's go. Uh, I've, got, I've got my grapes. I've got my punnets. I've got my coffee. You've got your coffees on. How's the croissant? Uh, it's gone. Ah, good. Chuck that in the bin. I'm going on the roll today. And it is... Um, no, no. P. P. Yes. P. Yep. Let's do Parade. 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 Um, now, Parade is written by Jason Robert Brown. Now, you know him. Uh, yep. He's written some fantastic shows. Um, and this was his... Broadway debut. Now, Hal Prince, you should know yep. who Hal Prince is, commissioned Jason Robert Brown and Alfred Uri to write what he called an American opera based on the story of Leo Frank. Yes. Now, Leo Frank was a Jewish factory owner, falsely accused and convicted of murdering a young girl in Atlanta in 1913. Um, so this is quite a dark and ambitious piece. Um, mm. And Parade received mixed reviews to start with, but they ended up with... Um, Tony Awards in 1999 for Best Book of a Musical and Best Original Score and also six Drama Desk Awards. You know, so they have done extremely well and it is a very, very loved show. Now, just to give you a little bit of the story, this is based on a true um, event. Um, It centres on the 1913 trial of the century in which Leo Frank, a Brooklyn-born Jew living in Atlanta, was falsely accused of killing 13-year-old Mary Fagan, a young girl working in the factory he managed. And Leo was railroaded through the trial, found guilty and sentenced to hang. Now, his wife, Lucille, launched a heroic campaign to save his life. 
eventually convincing the governor to overturn the death sentence, only to have a mob of vigilantes drag Leo from prison in the middle of the night and lynch him. Oh. Yeah. So, um, it, obviously, there was public outcry about the girl's death and everything, but it really was... Um, quite a horrific um, sense of injustice, really. Um, so, you know, he's only, Leah's only defenders were the governor, who was a conscious, conscience, and eventually, um, and his wife, who finds the strength and love to become his greatest champion. So it's very daring. The music is strong and bold and very heart-wrenching, and it's um, offering a, a moral lesson about the dangers of prejudice and ignorance, really, that we always need to keep a, a listen to. So we're going to play um, a, a very loved song from Parade by Jason Robert Brown, and it's called You Don't Know This Man, and it's his wife begging the, um, the locals. You don't know this man don't know a thing You come here with these horrifying stories These contemptible conceits And you think you understand how a man's heart beats And you don't know a thing your murderer for you and you stand there spitting words that you know aren't true then you don't know this man I don't think you could you don't have the right to know a man that wise and good he is a decent man he is a Not a morsel, not a crumb, not a clue I have nothing more to say to you That's chilling yeah. And uh, that was sung by Carmen Cusack there Um but honestly, that song is so desperate from her, you know. Um, it's just absolutely gorgeous. So, as I mentioned, um, it, the book's by Alfred Uri, music and lyrics by Jason Robert Brown, conceived and directed by Harold Prince, mm. um, and choreographed by Patricia Birch. I mean, there's so many amazing things about it. Now, I it, did some of it at drama school. Did you? I did It's Hard to Speak My Heart, okay. which is a classic actor song to give yeah. somebody because actually vocally it's not particularly stretching, but you have to feel it. Mm-hmm. It's Leo in the dock defending mm. himself. It's a beautiful song. And that was my first in for the show. And as okay. a result, I've listened to a few bits of it, but I'm not great. a great one for listening to a whole show right the way through. I need to see it. Sure. Um, can I see it? 
Um, not at the moment, mm. unfortunately. There have been some, you know, shows around, uh, you know, in regional theatres and so forth. Yeah. And it would be really, really good to have this one back. But as we know, there's such a backlog of <laughs> of shows waiting to come into the West End. Yeah. But that's why I love regional theatre, you know. Drive. Uh, this weekend, um, it was meant to be driving to Manchester to see um, Passion with Ruthie Henshaw at oh, the wow, Hope, yeah. Hope Mill Theatre. I mean, that's that's how much Ruthie I'm ready to, to do it. But unfortunately, I've had to postpone it. But... It'll be interesting to see, actually, whether that backlog of the West End does actually help force good work into the regions in a way mm. that producers might have previously been a bit snobby about True. going. Yeah. Mm. Three for three, third clip. How do you measure the life of a woman or a man? OK, go on then. Why have you chosen that bit? Once again, it's just a classic bit of the song. Yeah, but also it's really enjoyable, satisfying oh, vocal. Great vocal, yeah. Let's do it again. Yeah. How do you measure the life of a woman or a man? Yeah, and this lovely male vocal comes straight yeah, on yeah. after that. So that's your last chance, guys. That's your last chance. Do you know what musical that song has come from. So you've had three little clips. Um, it's not too late to email in joe, J-O, at river.radio and tell me what you think it is. Get on my leaderboard. You might be in for a prize uh, in a couple of months' time. So please uh, just call in. Fabulous show, fabulous song. Um, email us. Email us, joe at river.radio. <laughs> tell um, us about river.radio, Joe. <laughs> Well, you're listening at River.Radio. We're online at River.Radio on Apple, Android and Alexa. And you can listen again on our website. Now, we're a podcast on Apple and Spotify, which I think is probably the main way people hear us. Yeah. And broadcasting live on DAB. Absolutely. People driving around, listening to us whilst doing the washing up. I love it. And still to come, find out if you've correctly managed to name that show. But now, it's our Spotlight interview. Well, thank you very much, Tom Sims, for joining us today on Stage Door. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. So, to start off, I noticed that, like me, you went to university before drama school, and I was wondering what caused you to make that call? Well, I don't think I made the call, Roddy. It was my parents that made that call, which I suspect (laughs) is the common answer to that question. But they were right, uh, as much as it pains me to admit. The (laughs) opportunities outside of acting, I think, uh, have been much wider to me for my experience and for the qualification that I got by going to uni. So, I went and did English and Where was film. That? that was at Warwick. Ah, yeah, lovely place. Really great, lovely and very lively student drama scene there as well. So got to keep that up while I was studying, and then I finally won the battle and got to go to drama school after my. <laughs> yeah. And where did you go? I went to Lambda and I did a two-year course there, which is sort of aimed at postgrads. And how, how's it going? Yeah, well, it's all right. It's, it's going all right. You know, I've been working, uh, yeah, pretty pretty consistently since twenty. 20- 13, and a lot of it in what is called the immersive <laughs> sort of theatre. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, that, that sort of stuff was really taking off back then. And work breeds work, which I'm sure is true of almost every profession. So I worked quite a lot as an actor with some of the big immersive theatre companies that people may have heard of, people like Secret Cinema or Les Enfants Terribles. Yes, then I have moved a little bit into making and designing that kind of work. So uh, I've been doing a little bit more directing as of late. Tell us about immersive. Did you, was that something you fell into? Yeah, pretty much. I've 
I've always enjoyed video games and those kind of like point and click adventure games and the choose your own adventure books, things like that. So I've always been interested in this idea of having agency within a story. And as companies like Secret Cinema were starting, friends of mine were working for them and sort of said, oh, you might be good at this because it largely involves improvising for hours on end, talking a lot of nonsense (laughs) (laughs) um, out of various body parts. And and I thought, yeah, I could do that. And so, yeah, I just, just sort of fell into it, but really enjoyed it because it's different every night and you are forced to change what you do depending on what the audience give you. Of course, you had the great misfortune to meet me doing Alice underground. That's correct. <laughs> yes. Where it all went wrong. <laughs> you were also a rabbit. Now, tell us about some of your enjoyable experiences as a white rabbit. I mean, it was great for a start. The costume, the mask that we wore really was fantastic, really beautifully designed. It was it was great to be that character, really iconic. And because it was hard work, it was rewarding. And, and I think that's why I wanted to go and do it again, because actually yeah. <laughs> it was a free gym, Roddy, in one respect. <laughs> it's a great way to stay, to keep fit. But also a very good show. I mean, it got nominated for an Olivier on its first run for Best Entertainment. And I think that's bang on. It was really entertaining. And you would be really surprised at the way in which certain inebriated audience members behave <laughs> around the giant <laughs> rabbit, uh, which, which certainly took me by surprise on a couple of evenings. So tell us about some of these amorous audience members. <laughs> well, this particular audience member was dressed as the Cheshire Cat. And they possibly come on a, on a hen or, or something like that. They'd imbibed <laughs> uh, milk, cream, alcohol, uh, who knows what, before <laughs> they came in. Yes, and there was a scene where um, the White Rabbit was sneaking you into Wonderland. You had to crawl through kind of that fence, it's pulled back and, and give out these secret papers, all very licit and exciting. Rather than go through to Wonderland, she would just would rather sort of sat there and sort of grabbed um, whatever she could get her hands <laughs> on of me, which, uh, which I thought was very strange. I tried to keep her busy by giving her a task of handing out the cards and then they disappeared somewhere uh, that I that meant that no one wanted to touch them afterwards. <laughs> So I've noticed that you've done quite a few gigs with the Wet Mariners. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, so these are cohorts of mine from Lambda. We all graduated in the same year. And so we said, well, why don't we go away in the summer and do it, and just do a play oh, yeah. and just try and get out of drama school headspace? So one of our friends, Jamie Wilkes, had met these two fantastic old actors, Sue Best and Phil Bowen, who run this company called Shakespeare Link, which if you have the opportunity to check it out, please do it. it it's really amazing. What they've done is they've built a living theatre called the Willow Globe in a field on their land. Oh, wow. So we got in touch with them and said, do you want, <laughs> do you want 10 <laughs> drama students from London to descend on you camp for a week and do a play? And they thought that was a great idea. So <laughs> we decided that we would rehearse the whole thing in a week and just put on whatever we had managed yeah, yeah. to get to. And it was such fun that we do it every year. Oh, so actually this year we'll be going for our 10th anniversary oh, wow. production. And what are you doing? We'll be doing Love's Labour's Lost, which was the first show we did. Not only did we have the arrogance to think we could pull off a Shakespeare play in a week, we chose one of the most bizarre plays that no one really does. But yes, so we're celebrating, we're looking back and doing that. So it'll it'll be great fun. Now you mentioned you've been doing some directing. What have you been up to? I have been working as a director for a couple of different companies. There's a company called Hartshorn Hook, do a lot of immersive shows. They're currently running something called Doctor Who Time Fracture, which is an immersive Doctor Who experience. 
experience. They also have the great Gatsby show that has been incredibly popular over these past few years. And I also have been working with a company called GamePath who are running what's called Monopoly Life-Sized, which is pretty much what it says on the tin, which is a life-sized game of Monopoly. And when you land on a property, rather than win it, you have to go into it. You open a door, you go in as a mini challenge, sort of game there. You've got two and a half minutes to solve the puzzle. So um, yeah, I've been working with those companies, sort of working on some pitches and trying to win work because this world is, is really exploding. And I think now people are realizing, oh, we can turn existing stories or existing games mm. or just existing content, IP, into these interactive experiences. Yeah. And it's a great way for fans to get something else out of something they already love. Yeah, so course. luckily, having been a performer and a director in this for the past 10 years, actually, it's starting to sort of bear fruit, I suppose. Very good. So tell me about your day job. Well, my day job is very luckily, very adjacent to (laughs) performing, really. So I do a lot of work designing games and writing clues for a company called Hidden City, who make immersive treasure hunts through London. So your text clues and you go from location to location, finding hidden objects and puzzles that you solve and playing through a story. Obviously, that requires you being out in the real world. And so that came to a swift stop (laughs) in the last few years when this pandemic that we've been going through uh, uh, hit off. Working as an actor or when I'm not as an actor, as a sort of clue writer, as a game designer for this company, I really had nothing to do. So we pivoted quite quickly and thought, well, hang on, we can probably create, recreate the feeling of an escape room or, or these sort of puzzle games, but at home. So I embarked on sort of two projects during lockdown both following the same sort of style, which was, well, you've got your phone and we can send you stuff in the post. So a friend and I created a game, which is currently on sale, called Trouble in Folklore Falls, which is set in this film noir fairy tale world. And so what happens is you are contact, you're sent a pack of information from B.B. Wolf, the big bad wolf, (laughs) and she's a sort of grizzled private eye and she needs help on a case that's come across her desk where Missy Muffet uh, has lost her curds and whey who are her pet chihuahuas and you start investigating this dog napping case um, and, and as you scratch under the surface you realize there's a much bigger darker plot but what you do is you call up characters on your phone you text them they text you back and you use the internet you go onto websites and you look at the props and things that you've been sent and you use it all to solve the case so it's been really lovely to take all of those ideas of immersive theater the interaction with characters the solving of puzzles the missions and distill it into a package and then deliver it to people's homes and that was a really rewarding thing to do during lockdown and now that's carried on we're still making more episodes of that series well done actors are so resourceful yeah we have to be don't we really (laughs) you know the furlough scheme and people sitting around going well i just i don't know where my next job's coming from or what's happening and sort of yeah welcome to our life for the past 10 years well it sounds like there are a lot of exciting things in the pipeline thank you for talking to us today tom sims thank you very much pleasure Right, go on then, Joe. The The show. Yeah, the show. Is Rent. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know that. I know. And the song, of course, is Seasons of Love. Absolutely. Which is absolutely gorgeous. And, the, you know, the sentiment of it is really important. Absolutely. Well, we'll play you out with a full track of Seasons of Love from Rent. But for this week, that's it from Stage Door, sponsored by Jam Theatre Company Marlowe. Join us next week, Thursday at 11.
25,600 minutes 525,000 moments, oh dear 525,600 minutes How do you measure, measure a year? In daylights, in sunsets, in midnights, in cups of coffee In inches, in miles, in laughter, in strides 